This acid flush of shame can only be man-made. It's ugly roses bloom and wither when I look away. The photographic bone, it flashes and explodes. Only when I'm at it close to feeling weightless, I'm a finger breath away. And then I see your face. Of the Better Yet Podcast. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet! The long form interview podcast featuring musicians and radio hosts talking about influence, talking about writing, and talking about being around. Laura, the best. Laura Stevenson, Dermatillomania from her new record, The Big Freeze, out now. On Don Giovanni Records, it's too early for these types of declarations. But I will say, if this was out in 2018, number one. Number one. Jill Hopkins is on the show this week. Jill, the host of The Morning Amp on Vocalo Radio 91.1 here in Chicago. Wonderful, warm, human, great talk this week. A good Chicago guest, timely. We're picking our mayor today. Who's going to wear the mayoral sash for the next four years? As all mayors do, walk around with a sash and a giant key to the city at all times. Of course, I voted. You know who I voted for? The birthday girl, Chloe. It's on my lap, and she's turning 13. On Friday, this dog, I tell you what, I remember she was so little, and now you are robust, eternally hungry for more, your lazy bones, but when that sun is out, she still runs around like a puppy. I love you, my darling. If I could wear any sash, it would say Chloe's dad, and they'd give me a big treat. What do you think about that? I'm going to put her down now. Thank you. Now, I know. I know that some of you 
may have perceived an inference on my part as I closed last week's episode about a certain guest being on this week's episode. And I always say come back next week. That doesn't mean that just because I'm talking about the song that's playing at the end of the episode and saying wink, wink doesn't mean that that person is going to be on next week's episode. And just to clear things up, they're not going to be on the show next week either. I mean, who's to say? They, they might not even be on the show at all, but they definitely won't be on next week because there's no episode next week. I'm taking the week off because I'll be out of town this weekend in the Wisconsin Dells for WrestleMania. WrestleMania is actually in the homeland this weekend at Giant Stadium or whatever they're calling that place now. But we decided to sit this year out, rent a house in the Dells, land of the indoor water parks. It's like low-rent Orlando if you're not from the Midwest. Uh, it's this weird, kitschy place in the middle of Wisconsin. This The Midwest is so strange. But I intend to take in all of the good of the weekend. I've got my Becky Lynch sweatshirt, a case of old Milwaukee non-alcoholics, and I will return to this town swollen and bloated on Monday, and I'm going to soak that in through to next week. But if you need a fixin' of me next week, I suggest you go on over to patreon.com slash Podcast, rocking it over there with bonus audio content, postcards, even got a deal for a bag of coffee a month all in exchange for a monthly pledge to help support the show. And I have a tendency to just drop interviews in there after they're done, before they go up in the feed. That could be happening at the end of this week. We'll see. But head on over to patreon.com slash podcast. All right. My guest this week is Jill Hopkins. Jill is the host of the Morning Amp on Vocalo 91.1 FM here in Chicago. The Morning Amp is a wonderful morning show. Jill talks news, pop culture, and Chicago happenings, of which there have been so many recently. Jill and I got together right after the mayoral primary. We're back around for the runoff. This time, as we're posting a timely posting of this interview, one that I was looking forward to. Jill, on top of her morning duties, is a host of The Moth, a storytelling series here in Chicago. She's a writer for the AV Club and essayist stand-up. She plays in several bands. A lot to get into, and let's get right to it. Here's me and Jill Hopkins. Oh, you are a professional talker into a microphone. It's true. You know, it's funny because I have so many, all these musicians that come in, and they get behind the microphone, and I'm like, I'm like, get on it a little bit, but you don't have to eat it. And they just kind of, most of them are just like, okay. It's like, because <laughs> it's... they don't have to talk into microphones; they sing into them. Exactly. But I'm, just, I'm like, hey, I need you to to do. Or you at least need to talk at. It. Yeah. Just be in the general vicinity. At it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. This whoever this. Is. When the microphone's here, and they're just like, you know. Yeah. I've gotten pretty good at, at, at just going like <laughs> that. And then when they say, oh, sorry, just delay a little bit so that I can just edit that part out. But I listen to what you do, and I just think, oh, 
if I'm in that position, all bets are off because I live by my ability to select and edit because I am aware of the fact that I go, uh, you know, like, oh yeah. Know. Do you have you learned to uh, recognize the waveform of your own like? Oh my god! Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you can pick it out of a lineup, uh-huh. just like my my uh or hmm. Or just somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then just get it out. Just get right. it out of there. It's, it's so nice. It's so helpful. And and I've gotten good enough to where when I'm, I try to edit, not like looking at it the entire time. Yeah. Because that would be a waste of time. And it's a little bit, you know, you don't need to be that aware. No, not when you're hyperactive. Right. Yeah. But I've gotten good enough to pick up on things that I say and say, oh, you've said, you've said that utterance a number of times here but oh you can't edit that one out because you just went right into the other word and sometimes you get lucky and you get the just enough breathing room between the weird little awkward thing right and the next phrase so that you know you can sew it back together so that maybe you're the only one that notices that it's weird. And that's all you can really hope for. <laughs> and I think maybe it's a good thing to think about just in in life in general. You're probably the only one that notices it yeah. no matter what. Yeah. There's a promo running on our station right now uh, for one of our like uh, our funders, uh, which I, I can't remember if it's Lincoln Hall or Shuba's, but there's a band uh, called Methyl Ethel uh-huh. that for some I couldn't get a straight read on it. Like it made me laugh every time. Uh-huh. And, and so my husband keeps the, the station on in the car and I heard it and it was like uh, with blah, 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 space rock of methyl ethyl there's something about those two words in print that is really funny with uh-huh. like the y's and the th's and the l's all in the in, in arranged in the way that it just makes me laugh and aaron's like i'm like did you hear me laugh could you tell that it was laughing as it's super unprofessional and he's right. like no i, I don't no, know what you're talking no. about <laughs> nobody cares <laughs> except the methyl ethyl band who are just like Oh, what do you think is funny about us being called Methyl Ethel? How dare you? <laughs> we spent hours right. combing the dictionary. <laughs> we went to the M's, and there we found it. I don't see what's so funny about that. Um, it, 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 it is funny, because usually, you know, my guests, they work in making records or writing articles, these things of, of permanence, and both things that you also do, mm-hmm. but... Your main thing in the morning, Amp, it's it's not quite the same. You know, it's every day. You got something every day that's happening. So yeah. usually the way I go into these things is, oh, I'll listen to the record a few times over. Sure. And as I'm approaching this one, I'm like, oh, no, like, oh, this is different. Like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and then I'm thinking, hmm, music, news, pop culture, Chicago. Yeah, there hasn't been anything going on lately i'm really bored actually (laughs) with my job in life (laughs) so i mean you had i mean the the year 2019 so far just the election right (laughs) the decade entire and like i don't know if you've been noticing the last few years have been a little weird it's been strange um but i mean just thinking about the fact that we had these local elections we had a crazy mayoral race and then 
this R. Kelly documentary is out there. Like, is this, has this last few months been just another day at the office for you? Or is it kind of like a, wow, there is a lot going on right now. There is a lot going on right now. And so I have this weird, I, I occupy this weird space in my job between uh, pop culture reporting, uh, music reporting, uh, you know, I, I speak to, to rappers on a fairly daily basis, right? but across the hall and something that I'm also kind of a part of is actual journalism <laughs> with uh-huh. like people with degrees and, uh, you know, uh, Pulitzers and, uh, a real interest in investigating and digging and reporting. And so and that's WBEZ. That's that WBEZ uh-huh. across the hall. They're 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 doing great work, but there is not a day that has gone by in a couple of years now, more than right. uh, where I don't hear from somebody to the answer, "Hey, how are you?" <sighs> Just the exasperated sigh right. of of overwhelming uh, stimulation. There's just so much news happening all the time uh stuff that a few years ago would be the most explosive thing in the world now you don't even have time to process before the next most explosive thing in the world happens right and it's it's exhausting honestly it's it's very taxing i've been off of uh, a lot of social media over the past couple of months and just because of the the number of times that i just sat down to take a breath and then there it goes yeah yeah it's it's um and it's all important and that's the crazy thing about it is that you if you stopped to give every single really important thing your full attention a you'd never sleep and b you'd jump off a fucking building yeah (laughs) like for sure it would be awful so now you're having to pick and choose what you can and want to give your attention to and then spending the rest of your time i guess feeling bad about not giving the most attention to something right and where does it fit in there to just kind of take care of yourself and do some dumb shit with your friends you know like when does this get to happen is it okay to to enjoy our time is that like an an ethical thing to do at this point i know i i i get to do a a lot of really fun things for work right which is really nice uh because otherwise i don't know (laughs) yeah exactly Uh uh-huh um but i get to facilitate really good times for other people and that part makes me really happy i got to uh, host um a, a yacht rock dance party Perfect. with the, the the fins up dj guys and people were just so happy to just be listening to music without any lyrical substance yes. uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and just like wearing lays and starting conga lines yeah and it was it felt really therapeutic that's so that sounds so ideal at least for an afternoon yeah. you grew up in chicago right i did where whereabouts? I grew up on the South Side, South Side, eighty third, okay. and South Shore Drive. Oh, okay. oh, so South Shore. Yeah. Okay. So, and that is out by the it's by the library, the Perspective it, Library, it would be right? A little further south of of where uh, Jackson Park okay. is. Um, but uh, in growing up, that area was something that I passed every 
day on my way to or from uh, school. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you, are your folks still there? Uh, no, my mom. Well, a lot of my family still lives in that area. My, uh-huh. my mom and my brother live out in the Lansing, Illinois, in the south suburbs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jamie's from Lansing. No way. Yeah. People are from there? Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I guess it's, they It's are. true. It's true. <laughs> it seems like, you know, just a, it's pretty just a chill. chill. Yeah. yeah. And she, close. Yeah. Close. Yeah, close. Uh, and and uh, But for a while, she was living in my building, and that was uh, interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, living in your building as an adult. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. with like tables turned. Well, as long as you're living yeah. under my roof, right? Missy. Mom, go to bed. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> slamming with stomping her around now. <laughs> but she's still just like, what is that? Pearl Jam? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you mention Pearl Jam because I yeah, listened I to your will. liner notes. <laughs> I that was I just did one of those and I had so much fun. Isn't it fun? Yeah, it was. You know what? I'm gonna the the first person that went on. Over 45 minutes. I kid you not. What? He went so long. I was getting so mad. <laughs> and just, I had to get that off of my chest. Oh, please I, do. We all, we all took our time to make sure that we did 15 minutes, and this person was up there at least 45 minutes. Um, but yours was so much fun. I had so much fun putting it together. Um, because it was, I guess, just, it was so funny to hear just your your aha moment of of walking in and then you see eddie vetter do that dive that you know even people of the uh, uh, later generations in the mtv are familiar with i think that shot of him just falling into the crowd yeah. looking so cool and you're just like what <laughs> i'd never seen anything like that right like and- i had seen like rock videos and stuff like i had mtv in the 80s i'm yeah. wearing a van halen t-shirt right now uh-huh. uh so i wasn't unaware of antics right right but there was something i don't know visceral about that particular moment that i i I still to this day don't necessarily have a word for but it was just like what the fuck so before before we get into pearl jam though was there music in the house when you were growing up oh yeah constantly um i grew up i was very lucky enough to grow up in a multi-generational household so uh when i was very young it was uh my mom and i and uh her twin sister and my grandmother in okay. the house that uh, my mom and her are they identical had. twins? They are not identical oh, twins. Okay. They were triplets, actually. Um, one of them passed when they were babies, but oh. the other two. So my mom is like five feet tall. She's teensy, uh-huh. and her sister's closer to six feet tall. Wow! And uh, you know, genetics are wild, right? But like in the yeah, face, they look in there like hogging all the good she stuff, was hogging all the room. <laughs> But, you know, like in the face, they absolutely look like sisters. Right. So, um, but so we all lived in uh, this really great little single family home on 71st and Stony, And we listened to a lot of my grandmother's stuff. Okay. Uh, during the day anyway, uh, when everybody else was at work. Grandma listened to a lot of um, torch songs and country music. Oh, okay. <laughs> what kind of country music? Um, we, I remember the Mandrell Sisters show being oh, on TV okay. a lot. Yeah. Uh, we actually that goes way back. Yeah, yeah. We listened to a lot of outlaw country. Uh, Willie Nelson was a big deal in the yeah. house, but also so was um, you know uh, Ella Fitzgerald and Billie yeah. Holiday. So uh, we had that from Grandma, and then. We had my mom who, and you know, this is in the early 80s, and mom's, a, you know, coming out of her disco thing, 
were listening to a lot of Luther Vandross mm-hmm. and like uh, a lot of um, like Freddie Jackson and uh, Tina Turner and uh, Bobby Womack. Right. So it's like uh, yeah. it's like the eighties processing is kind of getting in there a little bit. Disco's yeah. disco's dying out. But it's before we get into like the real like reverby drum sounds. Yeah, and keys but there's still and... a lot of good, really good R and B coming in, uh, like DeBarge, and um, uh, we. I feel like we probably listen to a lot of Stevie Wonder too. Yeah, and my stepdad, when he was living with us, uh, was a blues guy. Oh, okay. So that's a lot of Bobby Blue Bland and yeah, Stevie sure. King and all that stuff. And uh, I had an uncle who my my when my aunt my mom's identical twin sister married a guy who was in a bar band uh-huh. and he listened to like the stuff that they played where it was like Huey Lewis in the news sure and Genesis and you know if if you owned a radio in like 1986 they're playing it. they're playing right it. and then um my uncle Butch who's my uh, mom's older sister plays uh, guitar he played rock and roll guitar and uh-huh. my other uncle is big Santana guy oh okay so there was just lots so of much. lots of right. influence right yeah. and, it, and you mentioned a brother is it is it just the two of it's you just the two of us okay. 10 years apart he's 10 oh. years younger than I am oh wow yeah. so he he came along and it was like oh all right. oh hey, yeah what's up? no uh-huh. that was Nobody saw that. <laughs> they told my mom that she couldn't have any more kids. She was like in her early thirties, and she was like, "Cool." <laughs> yeah, yeah. You met the one that I had. Right. My brother. My brother is uh, nine plus years younger than me, and I. I think it was like, "Ooh, we just figure that you were it," and yeah. then all of a sh- all of a sudden there he was. Yeah. It's like, all right, all right, all right. So, um, so I guess your interest in in music, um, when you see. Pearl Jam and you're and you're you're young and um, what kind of exposure did you have to rock music? You kind of talk about it being like a big thing that kind of just opened up a whole new world yeah. to you because you were you were an MTV kid, new kids on the block. Yeah, right? absolutely. And uh, uh, but Chicago radio at the time was really uh, giving a little something for everybody. Yeah. So if you uh, were like you know an adolescent listening to pop music like most of us were um in my neighborhood you could listen to like b96 or uh the the neighbor station was z95 and that was a hot little rivalry just a few clicks yeah yeah there. i don't uh, remember b96 i don't remember z95 95 i don't remember the exact frequency but i do remember there being like a contest that they would have every day where uh, like they'd give you like 30 seconds on the clock and you had to say the phrase B96 sucks as many times as you could in the 30 seconds. And if you like beat the previous record or something, you won concert tickets or uh-huh. whatever. And I was like, that is so savage. <laughs> you get like 12 seconds into that and then the words just like start not making make, sense anymore, anymore. Right? It's like you, you say toy boat 10 times exactly. and you just lose it. <laughs> uh, and then, but then there were like the, so there's always the loop. That was always around, um, and they had a really good marketing department back then. Oh so yeah, they had, like, oh yeah. TV commercials all the time, so I was interested in that. But um, so my aunt Nita was like my chauffeur, I guess. Like you know how your mom has to drive you to soccer practice or whatever. Right, sure. But my mom didn't know how to drive, so Nita like drove me most places. Uh huh. And she listened to a lot of like adult contemporary uh, stuff. Um, 
Well, we got we got Michael Bolton. We We're got talking Chris Michael Isaac. Bolton, Chris Isaac, Katie Lang, uh-huh. um, uh, Genesis. Again, but like right, like three person. Gen- like I can't dance. Genesis, uh-huh. as opposed to like. Uh, you know, face paint and right. capes, Genesis. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> the truly groundbreaking Genesis eras. So, like, I, I feel like that was kind of the gateway to, the, like, kind of pop rock in uh-huh. the, the, the late 80s. And then, like, in the fifth grade, for some reason, Blood Sugar Sex Magic caught on with everyone. It's such a strange <laughs> phenomenon how that happened, right? These weird, weird kind of bro-y white guys making like a funk hip-hop thing. And it caught on with every subgroup of kid that I knew. Right, right. The guys who only also listened to Sepultura (laughs) are all of a sudden also living, getting into that. We had the, you know, the, the girls who only listened to Selena all of a sudden also have crushes on Anthony Kiedis. And then like... Well, I mean... Can't really a beautiful man. Yeah. For real. <laughs> I miss liking that band. It makes me so mad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. This is, this, I've been, they've been brought up a lot recently. And I do remember like they had, they had an MTV video music award performance oh, yeah. that Flea was playing in his underwear. Mm-hmm. I remember John Frusciante wasn't there. No, but those two girls that were dressed identically in the booty shorts and the cornrows uh-huh. were there. <laughs> they had a party. <laughs> Yeah, they had the flames. I was talking this morning to my husband about uh, the new or the old, I guess, new Woodstocks, the re- uh-huh, the, like right. the second and third one yeah, that they get, had. We need more of those. <laughs> I guess they're having more of those right, now. Right. But um, I was just like, well, I guess as long as like the chili peppers and the biscuit aren't there, it can't really be any worse than the last Right, one. right. And then we're like, oh, the assaults. Okay, so if nobody gets yeah. assaulted and Limp Biscuit and the Chili Peppers aren't there, then uh-huh. everything should be fine. Perfect. But yeah, no, so uh, yeah, so getting into rock music, uh, I feel like the Chili Peppers and like Jesus Jones and like uh, Scorpions had, and Queensryche had those like power ballads that they did yeah, around yeah. the same time. And so you'd go to the record store and you'd get the single and you'd go to the listening station and you'd see what else was you know available to to listen to and you'd maybe see what you could get the maxi single of and then i went to the same record store all the time so the staff there was just like oh here's this curious yeah kid she asked a lot of questions which tried to point her in the right direction yeah that's what happened i feel like one of the things that i really identified with that story is that you have the desire to share this this band with your friends i like that you a few times identify as the only black girl in the world who loved pearl jam and it felt like it at the time (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure it kind of still does um the but the the want and the need to just try and like share this with as many people as you can is that kind of always been there or was it like birthed out of there and has kind of expanded into what you do now to an extent? I mean, it certainly has extended extended into what I do now. I, I kind of think of the job that I have is just like the natural progression of, you know, me making mixtapes with my little boombox totally. for my friends and um, very extensive like liner notes. Right. And sending that self-addressed stamped envelope to the record label and trying to get the lyrics back so that you could... Um, 
make Xerox copies of that and give those to your oh friends <laughs> so that we could all be singing the right words for right. Christ's sakes. It's drowning in the flood, not drowning in the cup. Uh-huh. $5 for that Weezer <laughs> bet. I still like to try. <laughs> uh, but it was, it's, it's, it's such a pleasure to get to like share art. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you, do you, you talked about the radio a little bit. Did you kind of identify a desire to want to, you know, parlay the interest that you had into in music into that avenue were you thinking like i could do this one day maybe i did but it took a really long time to even think that that was something that just like regular people could do i don't know where i thought djs came from like i don't some farm system or whatever but Uh uh-huh i did it never even occurred to me to to do that until uh, Chirp Radio uh, decided that they would have like a volunteer-based model. Okay. And I went to a meeting there, and there were so many other people there, and we were all kind of like, oh, yeah. This is all you have to do, right? We could just be on the radio. Yeah. And Sean Campbell kind of introduced that, just the switch that never even existed. I was like, oh, I, I could maybe do that. And then years go by, and I don't. <laughs> and Why then, not? I, I was just working, uh-huh. drinking, yeah, sure. whatever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Making terrible decisions. Yeah. Um, which was fun. And I don't regret it. <laughs> right. Terrible decisions <laughs> a are, lot. <laughs> are a lot of fun. Um, but uh, then just like I decided just to go to broadcasting school on kind of a whim actually i got into an argument with a friend of mine who was like you have to go back to college and i was like the idea that you can't do what you want for a living without an an expensive degree is elitist and classist and kind of racist and i hate that this is how you have to get around in this country and he was it was like 4 a.m right my friend punched a wall it was a whole thing (laughs) did he punch the wall during before or after you you were saying (laughs) i think it was after Uh (laughs) he was like you're thinking too hard about it you're (laughs) right you make excellent points right um but but also but also (laughs) i was in my 30s already Uh and i was just the idea of spending four years in college was just really unappealing to me oh sure i didn't have the money i didn't have the desire to do that um and so i was just like oh let me check out what this illinois school of broadcasting has to offer and i kind of quickly figured out that what i might want out of this education in the future it was different than kind of what they were trying to get us to do uh-huh. like they had more of a commercial radio path yeah, that they sure. would prefer that you follow which is fine because people should get paid <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and if you know if you can make that clear channel money then more power to you i guess right um, I someday hope to be making Ryan Seacrest cash. That sounds like an amazing way to spend. Uh-huh. My, my you're, well, days. you're doing a, enough work for Ryan Seacrest, like the Ryan Seacrest level of work. It's true. I host a lot of things. Uh huh. So let's I, that I found interesting, and I was I was wondering, you know, back, you know, before all of this happens, like you are when you're in high school. Are you? I mean, there's at this point now, you've got essay writing comedy radio playing your own music djing like are you kind of like i guess where are you at that 
point in your life? Are you thinking about, you know, here are the things that I can do creatively or is like what kind of path did you find yourself on? I I was in the drama club. Uh-huh. And I was in the concert orchestra. Oh, okay. So I was artsing. Yeah. But what uh, did you play? I played percussion. Oh, okay. Uh so started, you know, here's Here's this triangle note that if you uh-huh. miss it, it fucks up the whole piece of music. Uh, and then by the time you're a senior, you you get marimbas, you get xylophone, you get timpani and right. all the heavy stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> While the piccolo player is like, see you on the bus, bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, God damn it, Eric. That's so rude. Uh, so I was, fucking uh, Eric. Fucking Eric. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I played percussion in the orchestra and it was great. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, drama club was... A lot of fun as well, and I learned a lot. Uh, that still helps me to this day. We had a our, our drama teacher was kind of a a hard ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and our orchestra teacher was it was it was like having another set of parents, honestly. Yeah, uh, our orchestra teacher was a very kind and patient woman, and our uh, drama teacher was a, he was a very kind man, but he was the definitely the the uh, the bad cop. Uh huh. And sure, and they, they kind of had a symbiotic relationship. Because of all the musicals that we did and things. Um, but I didn't. I kind of thought that I would go to college for acting and then uh, realized that that maybe wasn't my thing. Mm-hmm. There were people who were way more passionate about it and who were just better at it. Yeah. Um, I, I think still you can see that from the outside, too. Before you go into the, uh, you know, the first time you don't get a call back. And, oh, you know, I, right. I did those and that sucked. Uh-huh. I just, I didn't, I don't have the... Oof, I don't have the the I couldn't constitution imagine. for that. Imagine, yeah, no, just uh-huh. well, I if mean, you knew me, you'd. you'd I want know, me. and even if you're great, I mean, right. you know, you're still working your way up, and it, there's plenty of that in my line of work as well. But it's not like every day, <laughs> right? Um, so I wasn't. I still, you know, I would still be in a play right now if if I had the 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 time and it was the right thing. I I loved it. It would be really really fun. Um. But yeah, I was pretty rudderless uh-huh. for a really long time. Yeah, and uh, yeah, got out of high school, tried to go to college, didn't like kind of. I kind of prioritized work and my social life above school, right? Which uh, would have been caught with flack if I hadn't just been like, "Hey, I'm going to move out of the house and I'm going to take care of my myself financially because I want to be able to have." complete autonomy with yeah. my life yeah. so i didn't get any pushback on dropping out of college because like what are you gonna do she's an adult where she's paying for everything so mm-hmm. um yeah and i just kind of wandered i waited tables a long time i bartended a long time i dj'd in clubs i hosted karaoke uh and i and sometimes i feel like my job is just those two things shoved together right <laughs> with a little bit more of a schedule involved in yeah. it yeah um so so i guess it's it comes at a time then, because with Chirp and going to the Center for Broadcasting, you say that's like eight, nine years ago. So yeah, is, is this kind of like, like a... Like six, seven years ago. Right. Yeah. Is this kind of like a, all right, I'm like kind of older, I gotta do a thing now, or maybe I don't... Yeah, it was... it. I, yeah. I mean, I thought that uh, physically. <laughs> I, I mean, didn't, I didn't just want... like 
this started when I was 29, and yeah. it was, I either do this or I go back to college. So yeah. that was kind of my my crossroads. I'm like, all right, let me just do this. Yeah, I, and I it, it was, I was like, how can I do something that I enjoy doing and still kind of get my bills paid that may... Like, the fun things that I like to do, I like to go to shows, and I like to get to know people, and I like to share music, and, you know, I like to write, and I like to... I don't really have any stage fright. How do I figure out what to do here? I'm 30-whatever. I can't wait tables forever. My back is killing me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I stand at work, and I gotta... I just... I got three different pairs of shoes, and I just gotta cycle through them. It's like like a week and a half in one, and then I gotta switch to the other pair. You're... That... And you know, the fact that you know that, you're light years ahead of so many other people. Yeah, maybe in, like, that single department, (laughs) but... I mean... The amount of time it took me to get there, yeah, a little embarrassing. But what are you gonna do? Same, same. Um. <laughs> she just thinks it's dinner time all the time. Should I let her out? No, okay. no, no. She's gonna, she's gonna settle down. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. I was like a shit or get off the pot kind of thing. Right. I needed forward motion, and this seemed like my best bet. So I do the the chirp thing for like a year. Learned a lot. Learned mm-hmm. a lot. Um. And started, uh, my friend Ruby uh, said sent me an email. She was like, hey, my friend Molly hosts this show on Vocalo. And they are looking for um, panelists and contributors to kind of come in. And, and they kind of have this list of requirements. They wanted, uh, they're hoping for a woman. They're hoping for someone of color uh, who's a native Chicagoan with lots of opinions, um, who kind of has a media background. Bing, bing, yeah. bing, bing. Yeah, and like kind uh-huh. of an open schedule in the mm-hmm. morning. And I was like, oh, yeah, bet. Right. So a few emails go by here, a couple uh, phone calls. Uh, I come in on a Friday to um, tape the third hour of what is the show that I host now. And it was, uh, do you remember Antoine Dodson? Mm-mm. The Hide Your Kids, Hide Your Wife yeah. Uh, the uh-huh. Ben Intruder guy. Uh-huh. So that story was breaking. Sure. Uh, and so we were, but the part of the story that was breaking was that he was saying that he has decided that he was no longer gay and he was okay. He was a man of God and he was going to find a wife. <laughs> and I was on the show just like, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I'm I'm not a gay person myself. Right. But from what I understand, there's it's a it's a one way door out right. of the closet. Right. It's not revolving, no matter how much you might wish it to be. And so that I I don't know why, but I remember that being the first conversation we had. And the other host is a comic, um, brilliant comedian, uh, Brian Babylon, and he just he tapped me on the shoulder on his way out of the studio. He was like, "You funny," <laughs> and so uh, they just kept having me back. Yeah. And uh, after a few months of that, um, Brian called me on the phone and he's like, um, meet me at the station tomorrow. We, we're going to discuss next steps. And they offered me the midday show. And oh, uh, kind of just created this this position for me. Uh-huh. And I hosted middays for a long time and then moved into the morning show. And I've been there for about three years. So how does the how does the midday show differ from the morning show that you're doing now? Originally, it didn't differ that much. Uh-huh. Um, it was 
more me playing like pre-recorded interviews, but it was a lot of talk. Uh, eventually it turned into more of a music show, which it is again now. Um, but the morning show is a lot more of a, of a talk show. So, yeah. um, every day, uh, has a different theme and we have different guests to talk about anything from, you know, the new Marvel movie on a Friday to, uh, what information of ours of is Facebook selling to other people on a Tuesday to, uh, you know, any number of R. Kelly situations on a Wednesday to police accountability on a Thursday and anything in between there. And then soundtracked by uh, just really good hip hop and R&B. And, you know, I get, I get to sneak my rock music in there sometimes. Right. Somebody celebrating a birthday like, oh, what, uh-huh. what else am I going to do? It's Sting's birthday. <laughs> You sneak a little police in there. I'm sure your listenership is like, no shit. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, it, it, it's interesting, I guess, because you're you're obviously so much of that is is based on the news that's that's happening. But when you're thinking about it in terms of formatting, are you looking at like, okay, well, this one was pretty heavy and this one was heavier. Can we like do something like a little fun and, and silly for Wednesday just to like let everybody, you know, breathe a little bit and have a good time? Yeah. And that's something that I get to do that say uh, someone like, uh, you know, Jerome McDonald or Jen White uh, mm-hmm. hosting uh, Worldview or the Morning Shift don't necessarily get to do as often. They get to be like, oh, you know, here's here's, you know, the, the squirrel on water skis story every so often but they are obligated to report mm-hmm. every day on the on the heavy news i love that that was your frame of reference <laughs> that's really great but you're picturing it now yeah like, absolutely oh. uh-huh. <laughs> but i i i can cut between two very heavy stories with just five minutes about um how on earth uh, Posh and Beck's children are so old. Like just right. some bullshit right. Right. fluffy story, just to kind of recalibrate. And that's also something that I get to do when I host the Moth. Mm-hmm. You don't know. There's ten stories, and you don't know what the next one's going to be about. But you have to keep the. You have to bring the audience back to to one. Right. It, it, the last story could have been the most saddest, like fault in our stars tearjerker type thing and the next story is about somebody's like you know you know crazy sex romp in college and you have to get the audience prepared and now for, for something completely different yeah. so i get to do that on the radio every day too and it's awesome and it's gonna be like i i really like the command that you have for your audience there because i think that there's just an acute awareness of the fact that eight to ten in the morning not everybody's favorite time and it's we we are living in the world that we're living in and you know going back to the feeling of like okay can i like just chill out for a second it's like waking up and you and you look over and it's like oh my god that guy is still the president like it's like fuck yeah how am i how am i supposed to get to a level today <laughs> so having having two hours of just like all right like we need to talk about this, but also just like, hey, you know, it's great music and people and enjoying ourselves. Yeah. And uh, my uh, managing director at the the station is a woman named Sylvia Rivera, and she's very acutely aware of all of that. All of those reasons that you just said, plus 
add on to the fact that we know that people are listening to us while they're driving their kids to work. Right. And we hear that from a, a lot of people. And whenever we have like all ages events, people bring their children. They're like, we listen to you every morning on the way to school. So we're trying to, you know, educate and inform, but also entertain and distract any number of, of demographics here. Right. So, I mean, we don't want to bum your kids out on the way to school, but we also don't want to sugarcoat reality necessarily. Right, right. So if we can, you know, deliver some news, take a quick pivot uh, with, you know, something neutral musically that's still kind of going to make you feel good. And then right before you drop your kids off for fourth grade or whatever, here's uh something cool that happened in like 1986 ask your mom about it when you get out of school right. <laughs> and then right. you set them up for a conversation for the rest of the day do you have a mode that you that you go in like on air because you, it seems like a very much just you're being you mm. on it the entire time do you feel like um you know I I try to be as positive and and as as good as I can for everybody who comes on and everybody who listens it's it comes from me, but I'm not, I'm not nearly this fun in person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I'm, uh, like you said, 8 to 10 o'clock is nobody's favorite time of day. It is right. certainly not my favorite time of the day. I, yeah. I bartended for 20 years. Like, uh-huh. if you had told me seven years ago that my former go-to-bed time is now my wake-up time, I would have said you were crazy. So I'm, I'm definitely, uh, there is some jumping jacks that happens right before I go on just to, to get the blood flowing. I'm not trying to bring like all of my personal shit to the show. Like, who cares? Mm. Like, who cares if, like, is that true? I, I mean, there's some stuff that you share with people where you're just like, oh, uh, my dog's being a rascal today, and people yeah, are really sure. into that. And then you know, you talk about you know a conversation that you and your partner or whatever had the night before, because you want people to like feel like they are listening to a friend yeah. on the radio. But also there's stuff that you keep to yourself for a variety of reasons. Maybe it's just nobody's business. Uh, maybe you're just like, my stuff is heavy. You've got your own heavy stuff to listen to. I'm sure. not going to burden you yeah. with the bullshit going on in my life. That's not why you tune in. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't... You can you give know. them the, like, you know, how are you yeah. spiel. Not like the, like, all right, I gotta, I gotta call you and talk to you about this for 25 minutes. Yeah. Right. And also, you know, despite the fact that I'm just speaking to no one in a windowless room, basically, yeah, I still want it. Real. <laughs> I still want it to feel like it's a two-sided conversation. I, I want you to know that if you want to tell me anything, the phone lines are open or you can tweet and I will listen. Um, so I'm not trying to like occupy the whole space with, just talking about myself it's a right. it's a relationship mm-hmm. and so i want people to feel like it's equitable right 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 yeah. it's wild to me because like i'm such an over preparer i can't do any interviews without at least starting to think about it a couple of days in advance and listening to you and you're you're bringing on so many people to talk about so many different things and you have to get in quickly get as much as you can and then end of segment so i'm i'm interested in like what kind of prep you usually do um for the you know the guests that are in there to talk about a particular thing i'm always reading always 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 reading there's um 
you know, news stories or articles by or about the person that I'm going to speaking to, uh, press releases, um, liner notes, uh, other interviews that they've, they've done. Uh, I will scour your, you know, Instagram page or mm-hmm. your Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, luckily we live in a time where if I have to talk to you about your album tomorrow, I can listen to it on the bus on the way home today Yeah, and give it a spin again at, at home. So I'm not walking in blind. Um, so I'm just, yeah, there's just always, there's a lot of le- uh, reading and a lot of listening, but it's, it's nice because I, it's kind of like being in school right? where you get to learn mm-hmm. something new every day. And, uh, but like, I don't have to pay for it <laughs> and I'm not getting graded necessarily. Definitely. Um, but I do get the advantage of, you know, feeding myself knowledge and I get to meet people who are, I, I always say this, but I mean it. I get to meet at least two or three people who are much smarter than me and better than me at stuff every single day. And that keeps me uh, motivated to, to better myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. And like the, the sustainable energy that you get on. Cause I have the, the same feeling of just like, it's so nice to, to learn and to find something that someone said here and something else that they said there and be like, Oh, yeah. I'm going to connect those feel good about that <laughs> i get that my my boss gives me the feedback that she's like sometimes i think you um should be more uh curious well not curious but ask them more about the thing that they did and not the person that they are and i'm like but that's the more interesting part to me like right. yeah. i can listen to the record we can all listen to the record we can all read the book but i, I feel like contextually context Contextually, contextually, that I want to know more about the artists so that I can appreciate their art more. Right, right. I hear a lyric I like, and I'm kind of like, oh, you got there somehow. I'd like to know the process and, you know, yeah. what are you reading? What are you, who are you ripping off? <laughs> right? But, uh, but she, I mean, she's, she's right. Interviewing is not my first best thing so i'll take any feedback that anyone has really <laughs> <laughs> i think you're doing a good job Thanks, Tim. um scaling back to vocalo a little bit it, it is a public radio station mm-hmm. 91.1 but it started as streaming only which feels like we're going back 10 years that seems so ambitious back then yeah but now we're we're into you know the the normal format and i guess that any type of media at this point is going through big time changes i talk to so many people who come on here and so much of their ability to make money with their art is being able to be played on spotify and the fact that they have to now wait six months to get their records back from the plant it's all changing in a lot of ways musically like not to be too broad but what is a, a station like vocalo kind of dealing with in terms of media changes and things of that nature we are well like yeah like you said we were streaming only and we still are you can still stream the station but um right we kind of have like old school problems we have like frequency issues like we would love it if more people got our station in in their actual radios Uh uh more uh, in more areas around the city um, for a variety of reasons that's not possible right now so we're really kind of 
beefing up our uh, social media presence, but we're also like beefing up our presence out in the world. Um, trying to engage our listeners at more events. And like I said, because we have such a, a wide age range of people, mm-hmm. we like to make things kind of inclusive for, for families, but still like have them feel fun for adults as well yeah we finally kind of after a really long time have the institutional support that we have lacked in the past the the higher-ups at the station support us uh uh infrastructurally and financially in a way that wasn't always there so now we can solve some staffing problems that's good which makes it so that we can so that the website not have to is, do 19 things at oh once right yeah. yeah yeah it's it's i mean we're a very very small crew you could fit the entire staff of vocalo inside of a standard passenger van wow <laughs> and uh still maybe have some room for cargo in in the back mm-hmm. so uh, i think just more hands on deck is going to make everything so much more robust i i don't have a co-host at the moment which comes with its own set of uh, challenges, but also like feels kind of fun and independent and like, yeah, sisters are doing it for themselves. Because uh-huh. both <laughs> public radio morning hosts in Chicago are black women, and that's wild and awesome right. to me. Right. Um, so there's that, that point of pride. But I, I think Vocalo's in a really good spot. I feel is more optimistic about what we've got going on than I have maybe in the whole time that I've been there. That's great. Yeah. And That's it's grown great. so much in the last, I've been there for like six years now, uh-huh. almost six years. And it is just almost night and day what we are, our, our scope of influence, but we do need more listeners on the ground, like tuned in. Yeah. Yeah. And then that opens up so many more doors. For sure. Yeah. You can, you can say, this is what we have. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Here it is. Listen to it in your car. You can listen to it at the gym. You can listen to it wherever. Does does that sort of stuff like does that affect you personally? Are you able to? I don't know. I guess when you talk about it being bad, are you? Is it bad to the extent that you're just like, I got this. I finally got this thing. I really hope it doesn't go anywhere. There was that feeling for a while, and I think I speak for all of us when I say that there have been times in the past where we're just like, for, you know, maybe it's the station that uh, doesn't support it uh, financially. Maybe the president yanks the rug out of the corporation for public broadcasting, and, Mm -hmm. like, all public media gets kind of screwed over. Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, how many times... Does a station get bought by somebody and they change formats or, you know, also I've got to hold myself accountable. I can't just be popping off at the mouth the way I truly probably right. would want to right. in like uh-huh. social media or whatever. I can't, uh, ain't nobody trying to get fired for, you know, being too loud or whatever. So I do have to keep myself in check as well. Uh, I still get to be the person that I am. But, uh, you know, you gotta, everybody has a Everything, job to do. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so I, I, I don't feel that way anymore. I do feel as though we are, we're pretty planted right now. And let, if we went away, people would be pissed enough mm-hmm. that it would, uh, we, you know, we could get 
yeah, brought yeah, back like that's Brooklyn Nine Nine style. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I'm using a very qualified, uh, typical day. What does I mean? You go in, you're there in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got so many th- other things going on. You've got bands. You've got DJs. You've got uh, AV club now and and uh other hosting duties so you know it feels like you're you start one place and it's up in the air where you go next every day is different for sure um some days are just like get up go to work come home make dinner walk the dog hang out go to bed Uh, some days are uh, get up early go to work try to get all the things that you need to get done pre-show done and then try to uh, maybe get started on some prep that you need for a later job whether it be um, thinking about what what playlist or whatever you want to have for a later dj gig or you know setting up uh, a story writing a story for a moth that you have to do that night and then you know now you are physically leaving one job and going to a different job or you're mentally checking out of one job and settling into putting your writer hat on or something like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, it's it's I'd say the most difficult part of of any given day is just shifting gears. Yeah. But then I'm just like even when I'm shifting gears, I'm shifting gears between from one cool thing to another cool thing. Yeah. And so every time I start to complain, I mean, I feel as though I earn the right to complain because I do work very hard, but I'm still just like, bitch, you have like five people's dream jobs. <laughs> right. Get over yourself and, and you know, think about the bigger picture and where you want to be in five years and what you're bringing to the city that you love. So does the amp or the morning amp start kind of all of this for you? You're doing that and then it's like, oh, you know what? Like... I want to I want to host this this other thing. Um I should be playing in more bands now. Is, is Satan's Boner still a band uh, by the I way? Wish. Uh-huh. Uh we I mean <laughs> our drummer moved away. So oh, okay. that is always you know. Why don't sad. you why don't you pick that up? You you hit the triangle. I, I, I do still play drums. Uh-huh. I I do I prefer to to sing lead. I can do both at the same time, I guess. I'm Leon. I can leave on helmet. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. But uh my other bandmates have their their other projects and they're so good at them. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm I'm you know so what are, what are you playing in now, band-wise? Uh, I'm in a, a little cover party band called Torgos. Okay. Uh, it's me uh, and two of the guys from uh, the Gold Web, Max and Jake from the Gold Web, uh-huh. uh, Josh from Vamos. Uh, we have a, a great guy named Alex Francois playing saxophone, and my husband comes in on keyboards sometimes. Oh, very nice. And, uh, yeah, we just, it's just like a... You know, we play a few times a year just yeah. to... He would listen to the news cover. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Satan's Boner did used to play uh, some Huey Lewis in the news. Uh, but yeah, no, we're, we're, we're playing some cover bands. We might write some dance music. Mm-hmm. Um, we're playing at uh, the G-Man in May. Very nice. Fun. Very nice. Um, but it's really it's really fun. I got a practice space in my house. Um, oh, it's great. It is great. So the, really m- enjoy it. the moth is... Um, is that like a, 
Is that a monthly? Is that a... Oh. Monthly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Different, it's, different uh, locations. Different locations. Either Space up in Evanston or uh-huh. Lincoln Hall, depending on nice. the, the gig. And there's a few of us hosts, so it's a it's a round robin of, of yeah. hostings. Uh, and that's really fun, too. And, uh, yeah, I get to hear 10 awesome stories every time. Like, front row, well, I guess front-ish row. I'm staring at everybody's uh-huh. butts yeah. while they do it. But it's, you're uh, that front row. I'm that, you're the, the frontest row. You're the row. back front row. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's really uh, an adventure as well. And I'm, I'm very lucky that they trust me. Like, people trust. There's so much trust involved in sharing your life with strangers yeah, like that. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, it's funny looking at, at the morning amp and, and seeing, you know, all these things that, that come off of it. And then do you do you feel like the morning amp is kind of like your anchor? It's like the place that you you can go back to and you, you still have to be on, but you can be you can be a very, very close version to you throughout it. Yeah. I mean, it's it is the most. um full time of those gigs it is um yeah like you said where i just get to kind of just be jill and and not be necessarily performing um that being said i do really enjoy performing like that feels natural as natural as anything else to me um but yeah the amp is definitely like the central the hub of of where everything comes Mm -hmm. out of um it has afforded me a lot of opportunities that I don't think that I would necessarily have otherwise. Uh, there's a certain cachet that comes with the the gig that, uh, you know, I, I try not to take for granted. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I hope that people enjoy it as much as I do. <laughs> yeah, of course. How is it? How is it balancing all this stuff? for you now are you are you in a good spot are you doing too much are you oh, always uh-huh. always too much <laughs> but I've, too much seems like it's it's kind of it drives you a lot yeah i i'd rather be busy than bored yeah and honestly there's a very thin line between busy and bored for me like if one thing falls off and i have like two weeks with nothing really to do besides the two hours of live radio that i do every day right then i start feeling incomplete yeah. So, yeah, I'm always. I the next tattoo is is a, actually going to be a candle burning at both ends on, mm-hmm. on this arm, but I don't know. Maybe it's just this this gig economy or this you know it's generational or whatever um, that like we are all doing too much. Like that's right. the default mm-hmm. right now. And that like if I don't, I start feeling like a slacker, which is a very Gen X thing to feel like because I spent so much of my twenties. Just being like the worst lazy piece of shit. Right, <laughs> I feel right. like I have to make up for lost time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I I can definitely identify with the feeling, yeah. and it was it was great having you over. Thank you for having me over. I enjoy this, and your dogs are so cute. Well, one of them is now begging for yes. for dinner, so we'll we'll get on to that. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you. All right, hey, great stuff, and how apropos, Chloe begging to be fed. At the end, but my world, Jill, so much to latch on to in that conversation, staying busy, embracing the benefits of her work, and maintaining a balance, not just with the juggling of activities, but in what she talks about, how she speaks to her audience, a lot of care 
put into staying present. I just got so much warmth out of that conversation. Good one to hold on to. Check out the Morning Amp online and on your radio 91.1. If you're in Chicago online, you can go to vocalo.org slash shows slash the morning amp you can find jill on twitter at jill hopkins the moth does live shows across the country find one near you at themoth.org subscribe to this podcast on apple podcast stitcher rate it write a review tell a friend about the show we're on bandcamp at podcast.bandcamp.com patreon is a way for you to help support the show pledge a monthly amount for bonus audio coffee and swag visit our website betteryetpod.com email is betteryetpodcast at gmail.com and thank you so much thanks to jill thanks to lily happy birthday chloe my dear wishing you all a happy and safe wrestlemania laura on the way out my favorite song since peter the wild boy bubbles we will see you in two weeks thanks bubbles out from the tunnel you walk All with rungs of bulbs Surrounding you like golden laurels You chalk your hands and you clap